How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of English Encore. I'm your host, Nick English. Thank you all for tuning in. Hope everyone's staying safe and healthy out there during this weird time. Um, if you haven't done so already, I just started my own Instagram page at English Encore Podcast. Go ahead and go give that a follow. I'm going to be posting some cool stuff on there. I'll have a big announcement at the end of this podcast today. Um, so the theme for today's podcast, we're going in groups of tens. I'm going to be going over the current best players in both basketball, NHL, and NFL. And then I'm going into the 10 best um, tennis, men's tennis players right now. And I'm hoping in a few weeks I'll do some more sports, MLB, women's tennis, um, soccer, other stuff like that. Um, so starting off, I'm doing NBA. So we got... This is also assumed that everyone's healthy at full strength. Um, I feel the lists are a lot more correct and interesting this way. You know, trying to do a whole list of like NBA players when, you know, Durant, Curry, Clay Thompson, guys like that have been injured for most of, if not the whole season, um, when they're clearly some of the best players in the world. So this is assuming that everyone's healthy and playing at full strength as well um so starting off with the nba number 10 i have paul george um he's pretty much in the mvp conversation every other year um when he's fully healthy he is one of the best and brightest um superstars in the nba um i really thought last year he had a real shot at winning mvp when he was on oklahoma city um down the stretch he had that shoulder injury that kind of derailed him but He's one of the top players in the game. Um, I know he struggled a little bit on the Clippers this year, but still nonetheless, definitely a top 10 player. Number nine, I have Joel Embiid. He's pretty much the most dominant big man in the game. Um, you know, when you think about the big men in today's game, the first few names that come to your mind are definitely Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, um, guys like that. And when Embiid's healthy, he's just a force on the floor. Um, he pretty much carries the Sixers just because as good as Ben Simmons is, um, he hasn't been able to develop a jump shot yet. And because of that, um, the Sixers are kind of limited in what they can do offensively, especially losing both J.J. Redick and Jimmy Butler. And you only replace that with paying Tobias Harris and Josh Richardson. And Harris had a really down year, and Richardson's been hurt. So um, Embiid's definitely... The go-to guy for the Sixers and one of the best players in the Eastern Conference and the league. Um, number eight, uh, James Harden. Uh, he's won an MVP award. Um, personally, I think he's a little overrated, but you definitely can't not have him in your top ten. Um, the dude's just a scoring machine. Um, he averages 30 in his sleep. Um, the only reason I don't really like James Harden's games is it's a little too much iso ball and dribble, dribble, dribble for me. I'm more of, I like you know, passing the ball around, find the open shot. You know, I'm a big person that likes to watch three-pointers, but at the same time, you know, the way Steph Curry does it compared to James Harden, you know, Curry goes around, picks, finds ways to get open, shoots from just unreal range, and it's fun to watch where Harden's kind of just isolation, dribble one-on-one, -on -one, and no matter if the shot's there or not, he's pulling it, which I think in some respect you got to respect that move just because, He's been doing it for his whole career, and it's been working. So, um, James Harden, number eight. Number seven, I have Damian Lillard. Um, to me, 
if a game is on the line of any NBA player in the league, I want Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard to me is the clutchest player in the NBA. Um, I know he missed a few bigger shots in the Golden State series last year in the Western Conference Finals, but you know I think he was just tired out by then. What he did in the Oklahoma City series, hitting that dagger over Paul George from almost 35 feet out, um, and just hitting big shot after big shot in both that series and the Nuggets series. Um, and he's shown over the course of his career that he can hit the big shot going back to when he won the series for them against the Rockets. Um, and he's continuing to blossom into pretty much one of the NBA's most elite point guards, if not the best. Um, I still think Steph is above him, but um, Damian Lillard is right there. And, um, I think that he's going to be a force to be reckoned with continuing going forward, especially he's won some of these um, older players like LeBron, um, Kevin Durant, they're getting a little bit up there in their careers, start to fade out. Um, I think Damian Lillard's going to be that next guy. Um, and he just continues, like I said, to get better and better. And I really respect that he wants to stay in Portland and win a title and not just go and move to a team like the Lakers, the Clippers, the Celtics, whoever, and have an easier shot at the championship, which I think he would have if he moved to one of those teams. But um, I respect he wants to stay there. Um, number six, I have Anthony Davis. I think Anthony Davis is one of the funnest players to watch in the NBA. I love that he, um, him and Klay Thompson are kind of similar in that they're both two of the best two-way players in the NBA, along with Kawhi Leonard. Um, brings it on both ends of the floor every night, and he's just super entertaining to watch. Um, he brings the whole package, can shoot threes, mid-range jumper, can post up when needed, elite shot blocker, um, good rebounder, everything you look for in a big man. And he can really stretch the floor. Um, he has good ball handling skills for a big man, so he can even bring the ball up when needed. Um, it's been really fun to watch him on the Lakers this year. Um, number five, I have Steph Curry, the two-time league MVP and three-time champion, um, greatest shooter in NBA history. The things Steph Curry can do with the basketball is what makes basketball fun for me. I love watching you know, him play the game. I love the underdog story of coming from a small school like Davidson and, you know, him and Clay both getting drafted, not the same year, but, you know, both young, same with Draymond Green. They built that from the bottom up to win championships, obviously, then Durant joined and they continued to win, but that's not really on Steph, but um, just one of the most entertaining players to watch and he's going to go down as the greatest shooter of all time. I don't think anyone's ever going to come close to him. Um, number four, I have last year's league MVP, Giannis Atetokounmpo. Um, he's been on a war mission this year. Obviously, this season right now, we don't know what's going to happen. But, um, you know, he didn't come up when he needed to last year in the playoffs. But he looks on a mission this year. And he's just a guy that you can tell he genuinely just loves the game of basketball. He gives it 110% effort every single minute that he plays. You know, I think he's the only player in the NBA. You know, there's obviously some younger guys that do too, but as far as the big, big stars, um, I think Damian Lillard is probably one of the other ones that they never take a single play off. You know, obviously sometimes guys like LeBron, um, Kawhi, James Harden, they'll take a play off on defense or offense, kind of just catch a breather. Giannis is a guy I've never seen him take a minute of rest. He always wants to be on the floor constantly wants to get better he wants to improve his three-point shot free throw shooting everything 
Giannis has a skill set to go down as the best all-time, in my opinion. Obviously, he's a far way away from that, but the skill set is there. Um, you know, just the length he has on him, his ability to go coast-to-coast the ball, ball handling is almost like a six foot eleven point guard. Um, and you're starting to see these bigger and bigger guards come in to the league now. And these guys from overseas who just come in and are picking up where they left off, guys like Luka Doncic. Um, but Giannis is definitely on the right path. He's going to win multiple championships, multiple league MVPs, and his name's going to be up there in the conversation when it's all said and done, in my opinion. Um, number three, I have Kawhi Leonard, um, two-time Finals MVP. Uh, one championship last year. Um, one through three is always difficult, um, but I do have two guys ahead of Kawhi. Um, Kawhi is probably the best defensive player in the NBA. Um, also another clutch player like Damian Lillard. He's capable of hitting big shots as we saw last year um, in the playoffs and the NBA Finals specifically. Um, and he just goes about his business. He's not you know, I know everyone makes the jokes off the court about the what it do baby with Serge Ibaka that he did in the car. Um, but, you know, and he's a fun guy. But when he hits on the floor and he's like on the court and in between the lines as far as the court goes, it's like it's all business for Kawhi. Um, and I respect that. You know, a few years ago, I honestly didn't think Kawhi was a top 10 player. And the only reason I thought that was because I wasn't sure he was going to be able to fit in outside of a Greg Popovich system, and he was coming off of an injury. I'm gladly eat those words and say that I was wrong about that. Um, he's clearly a top five player, clearly a top three player currently, um, and I think him and LeBron would be heading to collide in the Western Conference Finals potentially if the season does resume. But um, So he's number three for me. Number two, I have LeBron James the four-time MVP, three-time champ. Um, you know, LeBron, what he's doing at his age is just incredible. Um, and I hope he continues to keep up this pace for another few years. Um, I think it's awesome that, you know, he started off in Cleveland in his hometown and, you know, it didn't really work out. They weren't getting him enough pieces and he had to make that big decision to go play with D. Wade and Chris Bosh, which a lot of people criticized him to do and, you know, People take that away from him when talking about the GOAT debate and whatnot because, you know, he went and joined the super team. But he needed to go play with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh to really see what it was like to win a championship because Dwayne Wade had already done it and he learned so much from him. Then he returns to Cleveland, brings home a title against the winningest team in NBA history as far as the regular season, the Warriors, after being down 3-1 to one in games. And he just continues to be dominant. And to me, LeBron James is ahead of Kawhi Leonard solely because I feel like if you take both those players and put them on good teams and pull them both away, I think LeBron James does more for your team than Kawhi just because I think LeBron brings more um, from a passing perspective and sometimes scoring. You know, Kawhi, when he gets to his spots, is a very good shooter, but I think LeBron can create more um, off the pick and roll and, you know, kind of find it find and pick a spots more than Kawhi can um, at times. So I have him at number two. And then number one um, is Kevin Durant to me. To me, before Kevin Durant went down, he was clearly ascending to be the best player in the NBA last year. 
And I have no doubt that if he doesn't get hurt, that the Warriors win another NBA Finals, have another ring. Um, he's just a sniper. He can pull up from 30. He can get you with the mid-range, the pull-up game, three-point, inside-out. Um, he can play defense. He's consistently got better defense over the years. Um, he could easily be a Defensive Player of the Year nomination. I don't think people talk about that enough. I believe he averaged two blocks a game last year. Um, which for him is a lot. And, you know, I think KD, LeBron, and Kawhi, are, and you can even throw Giannis in, are kind of always recognized to me as the four best players. You'll have the few people out there that'll argue Harden and Curry in that conversation. But um, to me, Kevin Durant, um, it's going to be interesting to see when he comes back off the Achilles. But when fully healthy, um, you just can't stop him. And I think you've seen that when he's matched up against LeBron and Kawhi. And I think that's going to be the continued trend going forward personally. Um, just a few guys to that didn't make this list outside top 10 that I think you got to keep an eye on. Um, Jason Tatum, Luka Doncic, Bam Adebayo, Bradley Beal, these young guys that are coming. And then obviously guys like Russell Westbrook, Klay Thompson, Jokic. Um, those guys are all fighting for that spot too. But um, those are my top 10 for NBA. Um, moving on to NHL, I'm going to go through um, 10 through 1 real quick and then kind of talk about them. So number 10, I have Alex Ovechkin. 9, I have Austin Matthews. 8, I have Jack Eichel. 7, Cindy Crosby. 6, Patrick Kane. 5, Nathan McKinnon. 4, Leon Dreisaitl. 3, Nikita Kucherov. 2, David Pasternak. And number 1, Connor McDavid. Um, people that just missed out on the list were Brad Marchand, Artemi Panarin, John Carlson, Roman Yossi, and Sebastian Ajo. Um, NHL is kind of weird because, you know, you can have player. I feel like the league leaders and points, you know, the MVP awards and stuff are a lot more differentiated, I should say, than a sport like the NBA. I feel like NBA, you know, the MVP conversation, the first team players, the All-Stars are pretty consistent every year. Um, where NHL, I think it's more of a toss-up. Um, I think Connor McDavid's obviously been recognized as the best player in the NHL over the past three or four years, almost since he came into the league and won league MVP in 2017. Um, David Pasternak, I had at number two just because, you know, he probably could be the league MVP this year if the league continued. You know, Boston leads the league in points. They have the best record. Um, he really carries that team along with Brad Marchand. You know, Nikita Kucherov won the league MVP last year um, and continues to have a great season for the Lightning. You know, I think they've fallen off a little farther than they would have liked to after a first-round disappointment last year, but he's still one of the top three players in the NHL to me. Um, Dreisaitl's leading the league in points in the NHL this year, and he plays with McDavid, which I think does take away a little bit. You know, I think people would argue that he and Connor are the top two players, but when you can play with each, with or when two guys of that skill are play together, obviously they're gonna create for more um, points and be better players than they would if they were probably by themselves. But he's definitely a top five talent. Um, Nathan McKinnon is five for me. Um, him and Jack Eichel are kind of similar um, as far as like you know looking at Eichel, um, he has twenty eight more points than anyone else on the team for the Sabers. 
and McKinnon has, I believe, 38 points more than anyone else. I know, um, excuse me, Landeskog was hurt for a while, same with Rantanen, but um, they're similar in their abilities to take over games. Um, they're both super young and have MVP potential going forward. Um, the big difference between Eichel and McKinnon is obviously McKinnon has a little bit more help around him. Their back end is a lot better than the Sabres with Kale McCarr. I know the Sabres have Dalene, but um, that's really all they have defensively. And then goaltending, obviously a huge issue. Um, Grubauer's been huge for the Avalanche this year. Um, and then Austin Matthews, another skilled guy that can go right in with those two. And then you have the three guys in Crosby, Kane, and Ovechkin that just consistently continue to produce as they continue to go up in age. You know, Ovechkin passed the 700 goal mark this year. Um, I think he has a real shot at getting to Gretzky's goal record. Three-time MVP. Crosby has won two MVPs. Ovech, or excuse me, Kane's won an MVP and continues producing this. Keeping, you know, the Blackhawks afloat. You know, I think a lot of people thought that that team was done with him, Taves, Keefe, um, Corey Crawford, all those guys that won cups with them. Um, and now, you know, they want to potentially break that up, but Kane's kind of keeping the team afloat and is still one of the best players in the NHL. So, yeah, those are my top 10 for NHL. Um, moving on to NFL. Um, this list is hard, too, because... I think people value offensive players more than defense as far as, you know, the top players because you got to score points to win. And, you know, defense wins championships, but I feel like people don't respect defensive players enough. And I'm not going to lie, I only have two defensive players in my top ten list, but I have four guys that are just outside of it when I was thinking about it. Because when I was making these lists, you know, I was going through and there's 15, 16 names that are coming up when I'm thinking about this and, you know, looking at the stats and then just looking from my personal perspective of what I value when it comes to the NFL. Um, but so number 10, I have Michael Thomas I had a career year this year for the saints. I think he's one of the most underappreciated wide receivers in the game today. Um, number nine, I have Saquon Barkley, one of the most elite up and coming talents for the NFL. Um, he's not in a great situation in New York, you know, offensive line's not great. A lot of young players, you know, changing coaching staff, uh, changing GM. And with a player like that, you know, it can take a little bit of time. Um, running back's one of the hardest positions to play in the NFL. Um, I know um, there's been a lot of scrutiny as far as paying running backs big money. You know, Christian McCaffrey just got paid a lot. Todd Gurley got paid, and we saw how that worked out. He got um, released, and now he's on the Falcons, but... Between blocking, receiving, running the ball, getting hit more than pretty much any other player besides like offense and defensive line when they're hitting each other every play. But as far as getting tackled goes, you know, running back probably gets tackled the most every single game. So it takes a toll on your body and usually running backs don't have that long of careers compared to other positions. And Saquon's definitely a top 10 player. Um, number eight, I have Khalil Mack. Just one-man wrecking crew can blow up a game in an instant. Really blossomed when he got traded to the Bears. Um, was really a almost league MVP consideration his first year with the Bears. Just put up mind-boggling numbers. Was, again, super dominant against this or this year. I know the Bears fell off a little bit, but um, still one of the best players in the NFL. 
Number seven, and I think one of the most loved players in the NFL to me is Russell Wilson. Just because of the way he goes about his business and handles situations. Went to Super Bowl, uh, multiple Super Bowls, won one at such a young age in his first couple years in the league. And I feel like the talent around Russell Wilson isn't always the best, but somehow he always finds a way to hold his team to the playoffs, have a good record, and even be Super Bowl contenders when you look at a team beginning of the year to think there's no way. He kind of can carry a team like that. Um, number six and five are both wide receivers. Six, I have Julio Jones. Number five, I have DeAndre Hopkins. Two of the best receivers in the game. Um, game changers on the field when you have that third and long play, game on the line, red zone, whatever it is. Those are the guys you want to be looking for. Um, rarely drop passes. For the most part, um, more Hopkins than Jones are usually healthy, but um, definitely the two best receivers in the game. Number four, this past year's MVP, Lamar Jackson, um, you know, kind of is revolutionizing the game along with Patrick Mahomes. Um, the real question is, is he going to be able to sustain it? Because we kind of saw what his back quarterback did with RG3. You know, he blew up the league when he first came in. And then as he continued to run with the ball, injury started to overwhelm his career. We haven't seen that with Lamar yet, and I think he's a better passer. And I think in Harbaugh's system, it's going to be good for him going forward. Um, I think they're going to be a team to be reckoned with in the AFC and definitely have a chance at winning multiple Super Bowls. Number three, I think the best defensive player in the league, Aaron Donald, um, just Commands a double team every time he steps on the field. Always consistent. Rarely ever gets hurt. Um, always on the field. Can disrupt a game. Um, makes that one to two big plays almost every single game for your team. To you know seal the deal or change the momentum coming to your side. Um, number two. The man who just got paid. Christian McCaffrey. The Swiss Army Knife. The do it all back. Um, last year. Thousand receiving thousand rushing um just crazy absurd numbers um and i think he's just such a valuable asset to your team because he can run catch block um and you know i feel like he's one of the few running backs you know every running back can say they can block catch and run the ball but mccaffrey just does it at an elite level that no one else um at that position can do and he really is the only reason that team was relevant last year without him who knows what they would have been um, in my opinion and then number one obviously Patrick Mahomes just won the Super Bowl was league's youngest MVP last year um, he's really changing the game for at the NFL level the things he does throwing the ball are Brett Favre Aaron Rodgers-esque um, just electric stuff no look passes Threw it with his left hand. You see him in practice. He can throw behind his back. He just has that specialness to him. That big moments come and he's ready to step up to the task. Just like we saw in the Super Bowl when they were trailing. He just makes things happen. And I think he's pretty much the consensus best player in the NFL right now. And just missing this list, I had um, Chandler Jones, Tredavious White, Stephon Gilmore, Bobby Wagner, <clears throat> excuse me, and then the tight ends, uh, Travis Kelsey and George Kittle. Um, I don't think tight end position gets recognized nearly enough. 
And then finally moving on to tennis, um, a little bit quicker, just because I feel like a lot of people, unless you watch tennis, might not know who a lot of these players are. But um, number 10, Stefano Tsitsipas. Number 9, David Goffin. Number 8, Alexander Zverev. Um, all guys that are kind of up and coming in the tour, especially Tsitsipas and Zverev. They've kind of been hanging around for a while, looking to break through, just haven't done so yet. Um, seven, I have Nick Kyrgios. He definitely should either not be on this list or lower, but um, the reason I have him at seven is because he's a guy that easily is a top five talent in tennis currently. He has such a bad mental game and gets frustrated and gets his emotions get the best of him on the court. That he has temper tantrums and is always arguing and whatnot. But he's one of the most skilled tennis players I think I've ever watched. Um, so hopefully he can get that together. Um, number six, Stan Vavrinka. Five, Daniel Medvedev. Four, Dominic Team. Medvedev and Team are kind of the guys that many people think are going to be the two best players for the next 10, 15 years going forward once some of the bigger guys you know, drop off. And number one through three is very simple. It's Roger Federer, Novak Djokovic, and Rafael Nadal. If we're going all time, that order would, for me would be Federer, Rafa, then Novak. But as present day sits, I think Rafa would be one, Novak two, Federer three. Um, Federer's had some injury issues that have had him fall off. I know um, for the NBA list, I said if all healthy. But even at his age now, I think he's probably still third. Um, Novak kind of had falling off, but he's really stepped it up recently as kind of put himself back towards that number one spot. And then Rafa, I think, has just been the most consistent lately, um, the king of clay. But the thing with tennis that I don't think people, many people realize as far as those three go, um, you know, you look back and you look at the Michael Jordans of the world and how they had he had six NBA championships and were dominant during his league. Um, time you know you go look at the Joe Montana's the Tom Brady's the world who have five six Super Bowl rings what Rafael Nadal Novak Djokovic and Roger Federer have been able to accomplish in the men's tennis circuit is probably one of one of if not the most impressive things in sports history since 2004 up to present day there are four Grand Slams a year the French Open Wimbledon the U.S. Open, the Australian Open. To this day, there have been, since 2004, there's been 65 Grand Slams. There have only been 10 players not named Novak Djokovic, Roger Federer, and Rafael Nadal to win a Grand Slam. That means 55 out of 65 have been won by those three players. That's just absurd. You look at women's tennis, it's all over the place. People are winning grand slams left and right that you haven't heard of before no men's tennis it's the big three and then there's the occasional guy winning because of injury and upset whatever it may be um and i don't think those three get nearly recognized enough um compared to other sports so i wanted to make sure i got some men's tennis on here so rafa novak and Feder top three easily so those are my four lists of tens um, hope you guys enjoy listening to those. I would love, you know, to hear what you guys think about that. Um, as I mentioned before, I just have an Instagram now at English Encore Podcast. 
Um, always feel free to DM me any topics you would like to hear me discuss. Um, any even just your opinion, just so I can hear what you think. Um, Tuesday next week, I'm gonna be talking about the most underappreciated Bills and Sabers players of all time, the best and worst draft picks in Bills and Sabers history, and then the most overrated players in Bills and Sabers history. So that'll be Tuesday. Um, next Saturday, we have a special thing going on. Um, so as I mentioned with my Instagram, I'm going to be starting to get athletes and people on there live, I'm hoping. So starting next Saturday, I'm going to be posting this on my Instagram and Facebook and everything. Um, I'm trying to expand. So next Saturday, I'm going to have Justin Cooper from LMC Athletics. Um, he's the head skills trainer. Um, went to school with him at Cortland played basketball there for four years, one of the greatest players in Cortland history at the Division Three level. He's going to come on and talk about, you know, just general basketball drills, um, stuff like that and whatnot, what you can do while um, you're at home right now while coronavirus is going on. And then special guest, I have junior guard from Seton Hall to call Molson hopping on with me. I'm going to get to talk to him just about the upcoming season, playing with Miles Powell. Um you know, I got to know him a little bit when he played here at Canisius in Buffalo. So I'm happy to have him hopping on. So hopefully going forward, we'll have some other athletes hop on and you guys can tune in live to that. So please give that a follow. Thank you guys for always supporting um, my podcast and whatnot as I look to expand. But yeah, that's going to do it for this episode today. Hope you guys tune in on Tuesday. And then next Saturday, I'll have both a podcast and the Instagram live. So thank you to everyone and stay safe out there.